Give the secret handshake. Check your cloaks. And remove your tinfoil hats. This is the Illuminati Social Club. The podcast you don't want they to know about. This is bullshit. This series presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The producer's purpose is to suggest some possible explanation, but not necessarily the only ones to the mysteries we will examine. Welcome to the In Search of series here on the Illuminati Social Club. I'm your host, Jason from Parma. Joining me, as he does from Guelph, Ontario, Canada, Mr. Oliver Oxide. Hi, kids. How's everybody doing? I am doing well. And Good. from Halifax, Nova Scotia, super genius Doc Pinko, Steve Cloutier. <laughs> How you doing, children? I'm doing well. How you doing? I'm fine. Good. <laughs> ah, so this week we are looking at Season 5, Episode 14, Super Children. Uh, my initial thought on this one is never work with kids or animals. <laughs> That's all I had to say. Oliver, what were your impressions of this episode? Okay, well, I wrote down In Search of Investigates Nerds. Pretty where, much, yeah. Where did nerds come from? <laughs> Can nerds be created in a lab? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, this whole episode, this it will give you a kind of a tip-off, I think, on what our general discussion is going to be. This uh, episode completely invalidates itself within the first three minutes mm-hmm. by in one line, yes. at least in my view. It's it, it, this is bonkers. It's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Steve, I'm I'm sure I'm sure you don't have that much to say, but go ahead. Um, I, <laughs> I I will try to keep it clean. Yes, but my first my first comment was more blank teaching theories. Yes. Now I teach. I hate teaching theories. By by the way, by the way, I do have a bike horn, so I you know I can, <laughs> I can bike horn this episode. So I can say, f- yes, more f- teaching theories. <laughs> oh man, if if you if you thought the Oak Island episode annoyed me, this one annoyed me ten times more than that. <laughs> so at this point, I, I at this point I just like to say that I'm very happy that Steve is the potty mouth for the evening. Yes, because I I usually get that crown, but <laughs> I, I I am I have a pen and paper at the ready to mark where you know th- to mark the time. So hopefully I get some bike horns in there for you know all of you know all of them in. <sighs> so if if not, I apologize for the language. Yes. Uh, Clara warning, Clara warning, even though we've already sworn twice. Um, so, uh, yeah, enough of us. Here's here's Leonard. And by the way, annoying music alert. The super child stands apart from the rest of us. Whether it be a highly accomplished ballerina at the age of 14 or a 13-year-old computer genius, super children are somehow different. To some, the secret rests in the deepest recesses of the human brain. 
Yet there are methods already known which can reshape the minds of children. Where's the bullfrog? Can you touch the bullfrog for mommy? This normal 18-month-old baby has a 10,000-word vocabulary. Is it possible that more such super children can be created? Well, when a mommy and daddy love each other very much. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I was I was thinking, show me where the bullfrog touched you. But, you know, hey. <laughs> get out the doll. <laughs> yeah, the very beginning intro music was like nails on a blackboard. Yeah, I think I, think I described it's... it as uh, Brian Eno after a. Yeah, after an industrial accident, uh, fulfilling a contract. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of got brain. You know, does Cole Porter, and it just does not. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know. Yeah, my problem with this whole thing is, you know, young kids tend to learn quickly. Because they haven't been beaten down by life. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure if I took piano lessons when I was a single digit age, I would be playing music today. Or I'd be, you know, I would have gotten bored and quit after like six months. Uh, there's nothing mystical or mysterious going on here. And a good parent can teach a child words. It's amazing. Like Steve said. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's just talent and aptitude. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right, like I'm, I, I, I flatter myself thinking I'm a pretty smart guy, but you are. I, I, I couldn't rebuild an engine Mm-mm. because I don't have the aptitude for that kind of stuff. I know. Well, I, think, I, think, I know that I know my mechanic's phone number by heart. <laughs> Go ahead, Oliver. But it's also because, and this is what they don't take into account, and this is the difference between being an unprogrammed computer, which is basically what you are at birth. You are, you are, you have everything on the, the, the computer. You just don't have an operating system. Right. And the parents and the world will give you an operating system. <laughs> but when you get to a certain age, as someone who was put in front of a piano when I, they were four years old, um, um, I do know that when you're about six or seven, your interests take over, mm-hmm. which is why, Steve, you and I have no idea how a car even works because <laughs> we have no interest in it. Yeah. Right. Your aptitude is built out of your interests. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I, um, had... like I, I, I was ahead. watching an interview with Colbert uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about, you know, he had a tragedy when he was young, when he was 13. And he, he dove into Tolkien. He would read anything that Tolkien, because he had an interest mm-hmm. yeah. in Tolkien, right? Yeah. The, what they're talking about here, and, and I must point this out, that in about two minutes after this clip that you just played, this is when they completely invalidate the episode. Mm-hmm. I think I have uh, that clip, by the way. Okay, fabulous. Okay, <laughs> then I'll stop. <laughs> um, yeah, I... Uh... From an early age, I had an interest in electronics. And, uh, hey, yeah. guess what? Guess what I'm doing today? Right. With a with a detour for seven and a half years as a data analyst. But, you know, I'm back to being an electronics technician. I, just... had an intre- I had an interest in irritating people. That's what I do today. <laughs> now he's doing it professionally. Yeah. You, you excel, Oliver. 
Ah, uh, here we go. In the little investigation that has been done of the gifted or genius child, there are a few indications that genius spawns genius. What then is the determining factor? It seems highly likely that environment may play a key role in the nurturing of the gifted child. Uh, okay, maybe I don't have that clip. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize that was so short. Um, no, but we're, you know, we're, we're reintroduced to the ballerina. Um, and pretty much she wakes up really early and then, you know, has ballet lessons in the morning, I think, and then goes to school all day and then has more... Uh, ballet lessons at night and she's going to finish school a year early. So, you know, it's more about hard work and actually applying yourself to what you want to do. And if you put the time and the commitment into it, then you're going to do it. Uh, I lost you. I argue argue the concept, and of course I'm not a professional in any way, uh, but I argue the concept that... um, your uh, environment around you crafts you completely. Well, I argue. I argue with that one because I, I myself grew up around artists. Right. I can't even draw a stick person. I grew up around classical music and opera music. The only thing that stuck was my love of opera. Uh, I had nothing in common with my parents whatsoever, or the environment that I grew up in. Uh, and we had a wonderful relationship. Um, so it's not, it, I know somebody else who was born into terrible circumstances and is a major achiever today. So it, it, I don't think it's, it's, it, it's really, I mean, maybe some other people can speak more, but I don't think necessarily environment has anything to do with it either. I, I, I'm going to, and put a pin here. Uh, I will say that there is probably one facet of environment that really helps, but we'll get into that. Oh, I can guess what that one is. <laughs> uh, are we still? Can we just mention the ballerina? Can I just yes. go back to the ballerina? Because yes. this is where they give it away. Because they're talking to her ballet instructor, and her ballet go, her ballet instructor goes on about all of her wonderful qualities, and then says, "She's got the body." Hmm. You've completely defeated your premise. <laughs> Because her body shape and type has mm-hmm. absolutely nothing to do with being a super child whatsoever in that particular area right. of being a ballet dancer. It, so her intellect and her hard work and everything would go completely for naught mm-hmm. if she didn't have the body, which she had nothing to do with creating nor parents teaching or anything to do with that. So they've just completely negated the episode in this. Right. By saying it's it's her physical it's her it's her physical uh, suitability. Yes, I I have here. So this ballerina kid just works really hard at her art. Putting in the time to get good at something pays off. One day I might be competent at podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> but this is let's, the point. Let's not go too far. Let's uh, no, 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 far. no, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, but but putting so, this into yeah. putting this into context without trying without being right. This is just the reality of it. If this girl was a little on the chubbier side, oh, I know, yeah, she would have never gotten near ballet mm-hmm. school. Yeah, yeah. I I have a big mouth and a face for radio, so you know I'm I'm perfect. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, by the way, the brain is really complex, and they're all different from each other. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure my brain is not like Steve's. Thank God. No. Uh, or Oliver's. <laughs> Double, oh. thank God. Yeah, big. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now here we go. Uh, I I noticed Dave uh, mentioning this uh, the day that we recorded this, but uh, uh, and I had to mention it. Marilyn Ferguson, editor of Brain Mind Bulletin. The human brain has tremendous capacities which can either unfold or be left sleeping. And we all have the brain that we need right now to learn anything we want to know. Uh, the capacity has always been there. I don't think it's a matter of some sudden evolution that is going to change things. It's just that the tool we've always had is there, and we are only recently discovering that it is. Yeah. Okay. Um, she goes on to use the, the old uh, right brain, left brain uh, fallacy, or BS, whatever you want to call it. Um. No, one of the big, you know, it, it's not that schools teach left brain teaching. Um, in a lot of cases, schools have not taught or changed the way they've taught since the Industrial Revolution. So, um, well, exactly. Well, you know, if you don't if you don't nurture a child, the child is not going to do anything. This right. this is where the environment part comes in. Mm-hmm. You can have all all the talent you want, but if you don't have an environment that that helps you foster that talent, you're not going to go anywhere. Right. So yeah, the old yeah that that old left brain right brain thing. Eh, whatever. I think in that I think in that case, Steve, you're correct. I, I, yeah. I'll, I'll amend my my thing to that. I mean that is true, hm. uh, but it has doesn't have to be nurtured in the actual direction. Do you know what I mean? No. Yes. Just, yes. Yes. It's just nurture generally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Yeah. What I, what I, what I, when what I mean is that you know, you you need to be given the opportunities to do the things yeah yeah uh schools have not changed you know the way they in general i'm not saying you know complete you know that it's the exact same thing but you know they schools mainly focus on technical and knowledge uh you know and less on art and music you know it's kind of sad yeah so and I, and I asked I asked Dave about the left brain right brain thing, and what he said was that <laughs> the media mis rep, misinterpreted mm-hmm. what somebody said. He said there 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 has been no scientist who has said that; it's just been misinterpreted by the popular press. Right. Uh, it's the same thing as that. Uh, you know, humans only use ten or fifteen or twenty percent of their brain. You know, it's another yeah. thing that's been misinterpreted. See, Steve has just completely obliterated my favorite Bill Lee joke. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll let I'll let Steve tell the joke. Oh no, you go ahead. Left-handers are the only people in their right mind. Yes. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm left-handed. Ah, hey. uh, so. Also, we... I should oh, I ahead. should point out that Marilyn Ferguson, the the person that we she they quoted, had some has some famous. Um, Admirers. Oh. Um, Deepak Chopra. Oh. And wait for it. Wait for it. Oh, no. Shirley MacLaine. Oh, oh of course. <laughs> Ouch. 
Although Shirley MacLaine is somewhat less offensive than Deepak Chopra. Mm. True. Uh, now we meet Dr. Merman. I, I, I keep oh, this say, idiot. I, I keep wanting to say Eugene Merman, but he's a comedian. Um, this guy oh, is... Ethel Merman. Ethel Merman. Ethel Merman. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> There's no... Because <laughs> uh, he has a school. One of the few schools to stress nurturing the whole child is the Merman School in Los Angeles. The school is restricted to children of IQs over 140. Nevertheless, they are taught to be well-rounded individuals. Teachers strongly encourage their students to be intimately in touch with the world around them. Discussions range from topics such as the recycling of industrial resources to the preservation of wildlife. The school's curriculum is explained by Dr. Norman Merman. We feel that our program is important in enabling the bright child to develop a positive self-concept. So often these children are perfectionists and they need the reassurance in a school situation like ours to make mistakes, to learn from their mistakes, and to realize that that is how we grow. They also, we feel, learn that there are other people like themselves with similar interests, with similar enthusiasm for learning, and they are not, in a sense, the loner out in left field. Well, an, an animal uh, yeah i i cut out the kids talking because dear god ugh, that went on for too long uh well, I, so, go ahead i don't have an objection to what they're teaching them but this dingbat well first of all maybe steve can help me can answer this didn't didn't they kind of falsify the whole iq idea about 10 years ago yeah, yeah, there was something where, you know, the IQ doesn't really matter, you know. Okay, it, or yeah. the questions that they were asking. Yeah, yeah, just... I forget, I, I, I'm hazy on the details, but yeah, okay. there, was, there was something about it that, you know, undermined the whole IQ thing. And uh, second of all, he says something about one-year-olds. Have you got a clip of that, Jason? Um, No, I don't, I don't think. He says that one-year-olds are better learners than five-year-olds. <laughs> you should get them learning at one. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, because school's free when they turn five. School <laughs> isn't free when they're one. <laughs> well done, Mr. Merman. By the way, I did a little digging. <laughs> oh, yay. <laughs> oh, good. So the Merman School still exists. It's still out there in California. Um, for the upcoming 2019-2020 school year, the lower school tuition, which is uh, K through eight, is thirty-three thousand dollars for you know the the eight years. The upper school tuition, essentially the four years of high school, thirty-six thousand four hundred forty-six dollars. Um, a bus service is optional for $3,300. There's a $100 per family PSL fee. A You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> a new student fee of $2,000. And a technology fee of $200. They have a personal seat license fee? <laughs> yes. Yes, they do. Oh, Dr. Merman. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, some additional costs not included above. School and athletic uniforms. 
lunch annex uh, for after school care enrichment programs and Camp Merman. Oh, we're getting to it. Yeah. <laughs> Outdoor education and other overnight trips and costs to attend PSL sponsored events. Uh... Can, can I also just point out that what we learned about the school in from that clip is they taught the kids how to recycle? <laughs> yes. And it's like, and, and my note says, don't all five-year-olds know that by now? <laughs> so, so even like the, 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 the sort of the knowledge that they're supposed to be giving these children isn't anything spectacular. Well, in 1980, it would have been, well, it, yes, it, you yes. know, it, that was 40 years ago. I mean, yes. you know, right. that, that was, we were just starting on the thing, but it's like, you know, especially with today's helicopter parents. Mm-hmm. Dr. Merman must be making bank yeah. with that because you know they'd be fretting over the littlest thing. They'll, I can see I can see tons of people writing 33G checks to yeah. this idiot. <laughs> now I'm wondering here, you know, the lower school tuition, thirty-two thousand nine hundred fifteen dollars. That can't they be, round no. up. <laughs> that, that can't be per year. No, that's for that's for the whole eight year or oh no, year no, 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 no. Oh really? My oh. my nieces went to private school in Canada and it was twenty grand. Per year? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So yeah, this just uh this just puts a a you know let, let's go back to that pin that I placed uh not too long ago. Uh one of the environmental factors that could really help in, in upbringing is your parents are swimming in cash. Exactly. <laughs> That's the other thing, yeah. Because, uh, let, me, let me mark a time here real quick. None of this shit is free. No, there, there, is a cer- there, is a poverty, uh, there is a poverty angle to this as well. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, you know, and to be, to be fair to In Search Of, they wouldn't. They wouldn't have been as sensitive to it in 1980 as they would be now. Right. But Jason, you are exactly right. Nurturing comes at a cost. Mm-hmm. It does. And sometimes two weeks in prison. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> oh, topical humor. <laughs> yes. Well done, Steve. Thank and you. now I uh, I have to confess I only have this clip. For Oliver. Uh, I knew this was going to be Oliver's favorite episode. Kumbaya, Lord, Kumbaya, Kumbaya. Every summer, over four million children attend camp in America. They enjoy the usual pleasures of nights around the campfire. They spend lazy days exploring nature from horseback. Camp Rancho Oso, near Santa Barbara, California, is like no other in the country. While it is different, the young campers are just regular kids. Yeah, I, I was not about ready to go through this whole clip because they, they sit and they, they, they tease the whole thing until you realize it's a computer camp. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like yes, and, I, and they're trying to hippify them. You know, I was at camp. uh, I was at camp exactly the same year that this was broadcast, right? Mm -hmm. And oh, when we sat around the campfire, we played my Sharona. So I don't, I don't know what the hell was going on here. (laughs) 
Yes, I uh, I only have this clip so that Oliver can bask in the glory that is Kumbaya. Oh, my God. You're welcome. Uh, garbage. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't about ready to record three minutes of BS. You know, no. It's a computer but, uh, camp. But I did make the note. Dennis Eckersley, computer teacher. Oh, yes. Anybody <laughs> notice the resemblance? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Maybe that was his side hustle. I don't know. And because the, the, the founder of this camp, who isn't uh, Dennis Eckersley, um, come, you know, well, these kids are learning a different kind of language. It's like they're learning computer code. Yeah. Jesus, come out and say it. And computer yeah. code that was probably. They're learning useless, basic. Useless three years later. Yeah. Basic programming. I know basic programming. It's very basic. Um. So yeah, I like this. Uh, one one kid created a program to catalog his father's personal injury cases. <laughs> yeah, that was his the dad's other thing. a lawyer. That's the other thing is that all these things that they said that the kids were doing was basically indentured servitude to their parents. <laughs> another another uh, to catalog his parents' stock portfolio. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you know this isn't a cheap camp. A, a lawyer and a, uh, you know, parents with a stock portfolio, eh, they they might make a little above uh, average salaries. Um, yeah, uh, and I I have here. I think I think what this episode is showing us is that being smart and gifted isn't quite enough. Uh, one must be born into the right income class. Yes. <laughs> And now we get to the Institutes for Achievement of Human Potential. Oh, God. It's a real place. This should have been shut down the moment that this episode aired. <laughs> uh, the, these days, uh, reviews are mixed because uh, the, the programs apparently have not changed much at all since the mid-1950s. Oh, my God. Is it getting two, yar- two stars on Yelp? <laughs> <laughs> well... Let's listen to, I think this is the founder, I'm not sure. For tiny children, learning is a survival skill. And they believe that, well, they'd rather learn eat, they'd rather learn than play games, they'd rather learn than do anything. They think it's a great joy. And in the first six years of life, when tiny children can take in any kind of information, to read, to speak three languages, to, uh, to have perfect pitch, to play the violin, in those years of life, we're treating children as if they were little nitwits, uh, making little toys out of them, and it's such a shame. Nature builds in every newborn baby an absolute rage to learn. They want to learn about everything in the world, and right now, at this instant, uh, and the brain grows by use. Therefore, we simply feed that famine for information. Tiny children. (laughs) <laughs> um, get uh, get ready get ready to mark uh, this time because this is one I wrote in my notes. <laughs> teaching theories. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, and and some of the things that he said is just pure BS. Mm-hmm. Like, children well, would rather learn than play. Well, they learn when they play. Well. I, you know, they, one of the things about play is that you learn when you play. I, 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 you know, 
I have it here, you know, like up above, you know, with the with the Merman school and this guy. They seem to be talking in word salad. Like trying yes. to they're they're trying to say, you know, sound much more involved than they really are. And it's uh. Yeah, well, and and I mean, I'm also a guy who's trained to pick apart what people say cuz I'm mm-hmm. trained in analyzing and interpreting what people write. Mhm. And he's talking nonsense. <laughs> by the way, by the way, uh, I don't think I picked up any. No, I did not pick up any of the uh, uh, the the mother and the mother and daughter because oh my oh, god, that. at that okay, I, I would just like to tell everyone this the this episode almost did not happen because I would be buying a new computer right now because my computer and my iPad almost went out the window. Because, oh, it irritated me so much. <laughs> well, I will say that I, you know, as snarky as I can get sometimes, I, I, I was debating whether to just feel complete pity for this woman, mm-hmm. or have her child taken away from her from by child services. <laughs> I just, I didn't know. I, I don't know whether she bought into the. This is something that I do know is stuff like this has been disproven over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. The child has no idea what they're doing. The parent is coaching them with their eyes, with yes. their movements. I, I, to... I have it right because uh, I, I called BS on the kid picking the, bullf- the picture of the bullfrog. Yeah. She was kneeling in front of the picture of the bullfrog, and the kid comes up and stands right in front of her. The kid's not going to stand over to the side. In no. front of another, you know, the the kid's going to stand in front of the mother. If she would have had those pictures flipped, the kid would have picked the wrong picture. Because an 18-month-old is filled with credulity, they're mm-hmm. going to take up any kind of sign that they, that they notice and go with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this, to me, is either very, very sad, or this woman is just delusional. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would, Tegan is now 40. I would be very interested to see where Tegan is now. Steve, do you happen to have any of that information? No, I, I haven't. I didn't, I wasn't able to find anything. I did look, I did look to see if I could find anything, but I, I haven't been able to find anything. And there was another point where, you know, the mother's holding the two pictures up. The kid reached for both pictures and the mother let go of the correct one. Mm-hmm. So it's like. You're not teaching the kid. The kid's not learning anything. The no, kid's and they have doing a... what kids do. Do you have the uh, sing along in Japanese clip? Uh, Jason? No, dear God, no. See, that's another thing. Is it? <laughs> I think maybe. I don't, I'm not sure. Okay, so first of all, they have like you know all the colors bleed into one. Mm-hmm. You know, kids, right? They've got an Asian kid there. They've got you know they've got these three kids there, and uh, it's a Benetton you know, ad. Oh yeah, it is. Um, thank you. That that that's the right adjective I was looking for. Very Benetton. Um, they're just reciting. Mm-hmm. Heard, the show makes it seem like they've all learned Japanese <laughs> when they could have just recited it phonetically. Yes, it doesn't mean anything. I've done that. Right. I've done that with backwards talking. Right. So. Uh, th- okay, that's there's... A, that's a story I want to hear. Well, no, I. <laughs> I'll explain. Were you, um, listening to your, you, were you listening to your Judas Priest albums backwards? <laughs> he was possessed by a demon, and he started speaking <laughs> tongues. Yes. Uh, no. Uh, 
the, the line that this the the, the goofball guy uh, the Glenn Doman yes uh, the the tiny child seems uninterested at times of course she's a baby <laughs> now, is is Mr. Doman in jail yet Steve <laughs> no he's actually dead. Oh, good. <laughs> he, died, he died in 2013, but mm-hmm. but his institute lives on. Uh-huh. Um, and they actually deal with brain-damaged kids now. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Um, although the American Academy of Pediatrics has said that it's uh, the institute is based on outmoded um, and oversimplified theories of brain development and is not supported by any kind of scientific evidence. Ooh, uh, another Kel surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, So I have one more clip. It's the end. It now seems highly possible we can develop geniuses from normal children. The question is, however, do we want to? I believe, with good reason, that every child born has the potential for genius. And I think the world needs more, not fewer geniuses. I think it's good, not bad, to be a genius. And I wish we had dozens and dozens and dozens of them and I think we're wasting our children's brains at a prodigious rate, and the world would be infinitely better off, and I'd feel a lot safer if, uh, if there were more geniuses, and every child has that potential, if parents wish it. So, uh, in, in the previous episode, Steve knew witches. You know, people who practice witchcraft. Well, I know people who are in Mensa, Ooh. And they are just as annoying as you think they'd be. <laughs> but that that is some that is some master race BS. Oh yeah. yeah. That's creepy. That's eugenic war stuff. Yeah. There's there's a really dark undertone to this idiot. <laughs> I don't want geniuses everywhere. I'm enough. Um no, wait. <laughs> No, I'm not a genius. <laughs> I I don't know what I am. But I'm not a genius. Um Yeah, so I've come to the end of my notes and the end of the clips and thank God this episode's over. Um Anyone else have anything to add, Steve? Yes, can I just point out that that um Sandy uh, Nimoy must have taken a night off because that was a really ugly outfit. <laughs> Like I'm not a fashion plate, but it was this sort of purple thing with with a, a sweater vest. It 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 was it, it was terrible. Oh, thank you for bringing that nightmare up, <laughs> Oliver. Anything to add? See, I thought that would have been Sandy's masterwork. <laughs> That's what you... uh, no, I don't have anything else to add. Uh, Oliver, why don't you tell people where they can find you on the internet? Uh, you can see me wearing a sweater vest at Oliver Rockside on Twitter. <laughs> if you wear a sweater vest, oh my God. Uh, Steve. I, I don't think I've ever worn a sweater vest, but there's a picture of me in which my, my, my pants match the coach that I'm sitting on. So, Oh, cool. Um, yeah. So uh, my, my excuse is that my parents dressed me. Um, but you can find me on the Twitter at Doc Pinko. And you can find me and all my super genius tweets at Alien CG, and you could find this podcast and all its genius tweets at Illuminati Pod. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I am Wild E. Coyote, super genius. <laughs> Have a good week, everyone. And Steve, did your shoes match your belt? That's the important thing. Toodles, kids. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>